0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. On today's show, we're talking about when an approval is not really an approval. You might think once you've got your zoning approval or a development agreement with the city for a particular property, you're good to go. The vast majority of the time, that's the case. But in the rarest of instances, you can experience a reversal of that approval. I'm increasingly of the opinion that these occurrences are in fact not all that rare. So why would I say that? Well, it's because it's happened to me on one occasion so far in my career, and I know of it happening on two other occasions to friends of mine. And then there, of course, is the highly publicized cases that make the headline news, like the property at 200 Amsterdam Avenue in New York City. That case was a 52-story residential tower in Manhattan, The developer received its building permit after a lengthy process with the Board of Standards and Appeals. Local residents objected to politicians after the building was already under construction. A court case followed, and New York State Supreme Court Justice Frank Perry ruled that the developer had improperly deceived the zoning department when it applied for the 52-story tower. The court ruled the building was illegally high and ordered the illegal floors already constructed to be removed. That would mean demolishing about 20 floors of construction. The ruling was appealed, and the appeals court countered that the Supreme Court should have deferred to the Board of Standards and Appeals' rational interpretation of zoning regulations. The appeals court further ruled in its unanimous decision that the case was moot anyway, as the construction was already substantially complete. So, maybe you're a real estate investor, or a developer, or merely a purchaser of a new unit in a project that's to be built you expect that when the city says yes, they mean yes. In another case, the city of Philadelphia made a wholesale change to zoning in a large area of North Philadelphia, changing properties that had been previously zoned residential multifamily to single family. As it turns out, we had purchased the properties from the city with a deed restriction on two properties that mandated we build six units of affordable multifamily housing on those two lots. We could not comply with both regulations at the same time. We could either comply with the new zoning or we could comply with the deed restriction. Two different departments in the city were responsible for creating conflicting land use regulations. In the latest incarnation of a municipal flip-flop, we have a new development subdivision held by one of our team members. There's a signed development agreement, but in the past three months, the city has changed their zoning code and eliminated the R4 zoning from their code. The approved site plan would not be approved if we were to apply today but the application was started before the change in zoning. We had been told that the application would be grandfathered, so the application continued and the engineering of the entire site plan was completed assuming the building permit would be approved with the final zoning plat approval. The last step in the process was to seal the deal by a vote with city council and ratify the signed development agreement. But somewhere along the way, the lawyers for the city reviewed any new development agreement that didn't comply with the new zoning to see if there was a mechanism to terminate the agreement. And indeed, the city fully intends to terminate the development agreement. This will require redesign of the subdivision in order to comply with the new zoning density. Feedback from residents is that they want larger lot sizes, and that's the reason the city's eliminating the R4 zoning from their approved list of property types. The net result is going to be a reduction in density, and increasing the lot sizes to comply with the lower density, minimum lot size. As it stands, the existing plan of subdivision is not far away from the average density required under the new zoning. If it was merely a matter of density, we're approximately 10% higher density than allowed under the new zoning. But the real cost is the larger lots, which will require a more significant reduction in density. The approval process is not straightforward. As we reported a few weeks ago, the city of Caldwell in Idaho is implementing a moratorium on new development applications for 120 days. See, the risks are not just in achieving your desired plan, but it's also time. Time delays are routine in the zoning process, and as we've seen, even after all the approvals are granted and the project's under construction, it's still possible for obstacles to appear. It's for that reason that our development applications We aim whenever possible to submit an application that complies fully with the zoning. It's got zero variances. If we're gonna ask for a variance, it's gotta be for a really good reason. We're not gonna do it to get an extra 5%. It's not worth risking the entire project for such a small gain. If there is a variance to be granted, you have to ask a simple question. What does the community get as a benefit as a result of granting the variance? If the only benefit is the developer gets to make a bit more money then that might not be good enough a reason. There has to be a win for the community. And as you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. we will talk to you again tomorrow.